For 50 years, Ebar, an alien from planet Rykos, has lived in human form on Earth as Kyle Johnson. When Ebar gets into a fight at the sewage treatment plant, where he works, he is put into jail. A jailer overhears Ebar trying to contact his home planet and tells the authorities. Ebar is sent to the psychiatric ward of Buffalo County Hospital for evaluation where he eventually comes under the care of Jeremy Slater. Jeremy is a young mental health professional, and Ebar's case is his first assignment. No one believes that Ebar is an alien. More to the point, everyone thinks he's crazy. After working with his patient for a month, Jeremy begins to believe Ebar truly is who he says he is, and concocts a plan. If Ebar will quit talking about being an alien and pretend he is human, Jeremy will work with him so he can get released from the hospital and go on living his life. Ebar agrees. Jeremy's egotistical boss, Dr. Richard Andrews, has other ideas. He and a friend at the Pentagon have come up with a plan of their own. Andrews will take over the case and announced to the world that Ebar really is an alien. Andrews figures it will make him famous. His plan is to keep Ebar locked up and study him for the rest of his life. Jeremy is appalled. He and Ebar have become friends, and he can't allow Andrews to take control of his friend's life. Aided by co-worker Julie and her partner Ren, the four of them go on the run, with thugs sent by the Pentagon in hot pursuit. This is a story about good and evil, and is a mirror held up to the times we live in. Ultimately though, it is a story of friendship, a friendship that changes the lives of both Ebar and Jeremy forever. Jim Bates's Alien of Orchard Lake. Get your copy now at MythMart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. G'day from SA. This is Tim here with episode 245 of the World of Myth Bits. and all to episode 245 of the world of Mythbeats. I have been uh, encouraged by the wonderful Looper to do a Halloween-y themed episode this time around. Uh, of course, coming up to uh, the end of October, the end of the month. Ah, oh, that's brilliant. My, uh, my cats, I've got three cats now at home uh, and two of them are um, one's a black cat and one's the princess of the house uh, Queen Patches uh, and Queen Patches is not very happy so you might have picked up that hiss uh, she uh, 
she loves to uh, to tell the boys she's boss and um, they forget to believe her so uh, here we go off they go again yes the uh, the the Halloween episode um, lots of us like to embrace the um, the Halloween season uh, the spooky season uh, and of course the uh, by the end of the month by the time the October edition of the world of myth magazine is out um, it, ha Halloween will be upon us uh, at uh, at long last it will be uh, a, a very special time and although it's something that's huge obviously in America like a, a massive uh, American event Halloween uh, it's starting to become something big something accepted in um, in Australia as well and I don't know about other places around the world I'm sure other places around the world uh, sort of celebrate their own kind of spooky season I guess uh, but yes it's uh, it's good fun we're in spring so the weather's weird and bizarre uh, I mean we're um, we're going into a uh, a string of uh, of thirty degree days coming up, starting with uh, with today, and uh, and by the time this podcast goes live here uh, here in South Australia where I am, it's uh, it's probably going to be back down in the twenties again and stormy. Spring, spring is a weird, bizarre time, uh, and it's great for like the uh, the electricity that's in the air. Uh, it's great for uh, inspiring spooky stories, for sure. Before we get too far into episode 245, what I thought I might do just quickly is um, go over a little bit of housekeeping. So, uh, Mr. David K. Montoya has just sent me through a couple of things just to uh, inform you all that Dark Myth Publications is proud to announce the release of Walter G. Esselman's young adult book, Dragon Son Tales, a short story anthology. And I love the way that, um, with the title, what, they, what they've done is they've popped Tales, T-A-I-L-S. So, yeah, it's, it's something that, uh, that quite regularly gets used, especially for, like, animal-type anthologies or that sort of thing, but... It's a cute little twist uh, and a, uh, a very cool idea. Uh, and also, um, Dave just wants to send me wants me to send out a reminder to you all that those who have bought the print copy of the September uh, edition of the e magazine, uh, please allow six to eight weeks for delivery. Um, also, I just wanted to jump on to MythMart just quickly to have a, uh, a brief look. Just wanted to remind you all about Book of the Month. So uh, make sure that you check out Book of the Month uh, and also um, the fact that Steph's got a whole load of books there um, with her um, penance. Uh, also, um, uh, Peggy's uh, Book of Poetry, uh, the award winners for, ah, oh, just flashing past, Walter G. Esselman, uh, Cowboys vs. Nazis, uh, The Neighbour by me, uh, 
Through the Eyes of Madness by uh, Mr. David K. Montoya. Um, Promise Rewards, of course, the uh, the grand prize winner from last year, uh, Alien of Orchard Lake, the the great one by Jim Bates. Um, so so much, such a wide, wonderful range of um, of books, stories. Uh, that's a cute cover. Well, that is a very cute cover. Oh, and of course, my Mortal, Metal Norton's not a cute cover, but of course, Metal Norton's Guide to World Domination by me. Uh, but I'm just looking at the um, the ads that are flying, sort of flying past on uh, on MythMart.com, and the the cover for Walt's new book. Um, very, very clever, very, very cute. So, uh, so well done to you, sir, uh, and great work by the publishing team, uh, by Dave and Steph and uh, and everybody else who uh, who's part of um, Dark Myth Publications uh, and getting this wonderful book out there. Just another example of how this incredible company is uh, supplying something for everyone. Uh, and don't forget apparel as well, the um, the, the wonderful t-shirts. Uh, of course, you're too late for um, for a holler holler for a horror themed shirt for uh, for Halloween. Um, but definitely jump on MythMart. Definitely check out the um the range of goodies that are there um yes loads loads of fun for everyone um just wanted to let everyone know i'm pretty sure that steph will be sending out word about um the different or the the stories and poetry and artwork for october uh, so that should be coming out reasonably soon if it's not out already. Uh, and also, um, those who have been accepted for the new anthology, the um, the, the follow-up to last year's anthology of um, Unwanted. There's the... Oh, hang on. Do, do, do. Um, skip, go back, forward left right here we go uh, boom do, 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 do. Jump. yes so there should be uh, the monster within uh, is the um, the new anthology that should be coming out soon uh, tales of a tortured mind uh, which is from uh, zombie works publications Yes, so that should be uh, the acceptance emails should be out soon for that as well. So a little bit more patience, um, and I'm sure they're they're on their way. And I just wanted to mention as well, um, yeah, just a couple of cool things, uh, and also just a cheeky little plug for um, for an opponent, I guess. Uh, if you are keen for um, for horror horror stories and uh, and haunted stories and ghost stories and spirits and and such, um, my wonderful friend uh, Linda Gould does a great podcast as well. Um, if you just look up uh, as one word uh, on Facebook, 
Kaidon Kai, K-A-I-D-O-N-K-A-I, Kaidon Kai. Um, check it out, you won't be disappointed, uh, but make sure as well that you enjoy uh, Grindhouse Sleaze, um, the World of Myth Bits, um, the great stuff that Looper's doing with the, with the podcast that she's doing as well. Um, I think it's Kev um, doing interviews again. The, there's just a whole range of Jazomon uh, podcasts as well that you can, uh, you can listen your little heart away to uh, tune in um, and whether it's on American radio or uh, whether it's via your favorite podcast app. Uh, but I thought I'd, I'd sort of throw that in. Uh, but now, let's get into uh, the Halloween theme for um, episode 245. What do you do to celebrate Halloween? And, uh, and first and foremost, I'm going to nominate my family. One of the great things that we do uh, just around the local area here uh, in the town where we live. It's great. There's, um, there's plenty of houses that do, uh, do trick-or-treating, uh, happy to give out lollies. Um, uh, everybody sort of embraces the spirit. Uh, a lot of shops are doing it too, which is great. And it's probably been the last maybe five, five, six or so years that, um, that the, the town's really getting into it. Uh, and it's great that there's um, like Facebook pages, local Facebook pages, that have been established as well, sort of telling uh, families where to go, um, where's a, a good, friendly, or safe safe place. Uh, and also, the other thing too is um, there's a great family uh, that two families that live next door to each other that used to do an amazing haunted house every year. Uh, I distinctly remember my uh, my youngest, my poor youngest daughter, losing a shoe and dropping her lolly bag, as um, the uh, the final thing that we came across was the um, the the man of the house, I suppose, dressed up with a uh, a hockey ski mask, uh, Jason style, with a um, a chainsaw with the chain off um, but he was revving it loudly and all through the um, the haunted house set up with all the monsters and all the, the different things popping up and the the, um, the, the shock scares and uh, and that sort of thing which were all really cool there was constantly that like that 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 sort of idling chainsaw that would occasionally rev to life uh, and then sort of die down with a rumble, 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 rumble. Just, it was a great build up. And then at the end, as you sort of came past, obviously the rev of the chainsaw was different families or different groups, um, different people sort of coming past uh, that last bit. But yeah, it wasn't enough to, uh, to sort of... Um, my daughter just lost it, and uh, the poor thing, she was almost in tears as she ran to the car, uh, missing one shoe. I, I think I remembered to pick up what lollies I could on the way, 
uh, and grab her shoe on the way on the way through. I'm not a hundred percent sure. May maybe, um, but but anyway, that that was great. I don't think they're doing haunted house um, anymore. I don't think they did it last year, and I don't think they're planning to do it this year, which is a pity. Uh, but I know they're um, they're they're wonderful wonderful families that uh, that support our local library really well, and they're um, they're two of the main families, uh, two of the three main families that come along. Uh, each and every Thursday night to uh, to the bedtime stories that I uh, that I run every uh, every second Thursday evening at uh, at our local library, which is, yeah, it's it's wonderful to have that uh, that incredible support, uh, knowing that those families are going to be there each time, uh, and then sort of building on that with other families coming along every now and again. Yeah, it's um. It's uh, it's just a, a real privilege to be able to watch these kids grow up, uh, and um, and to know how obsessed that they are with the um, the silly, uh, not silly, but with the um, the the scary season of Halloween, uh, and sort of building up through October and uh, and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just it's wonderful to uh, to sort of have that community push and that encouragement for other families to not necessarily to, to sort of run their own haunted house but for other families to embrace Halloween and to see that it's okay because uh, it's certainly not for everyone uh, and especially in our particular community there's going to be uh, always people that grumble oh, it's an American thing we shouldn't be uh, sort of caught up in the commercialism and uh, and that sort of thing. But it's um, people just have to understand that it's a bit of fun. Uh, that's all it is, and uh, and it's an excuse for um, for the young kids of the community to get a whole bunch of lollies. Basically, it's it's all about the candy uh, and the costumes, of course. Yeah, so um, it's always always fun to see the kids dress up. Uh, and it's always fun to have an excuse to dress up yourself too. That's uh, that's definitely pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So, I just wanted yeah to sort of sort of have a think. That's that's what my family does. We will have like we will go out in the um in the day, like in the afternoon, evening, um, because it's daylight savings here in South Australia as well. We get more daylight, so uh, there's more time. And then by about eight eight thirty at night, it tends to get a bit dark, uh, and so we will actually have the, the porch light on, encouraging people to come around to our place for um, trick or treat as well. So we'll sort of pop little props and, and things up in the backyard, and that's one of the things I've got to do today is I've actually got to go through the shed uh, and find all the Halloween props. So um, yeah, hopefully that won't take me too long to do, um, but. I know uh, traditionally the uh, the Montoya family. That's the uh, the next one I'm going to throw under the bus. Um, uh, I've had a uh, a sneaking little insight. Uh, one of the things that they like to do is they like to watch a series of horror movies uh, as a uh, a lead up to Halloween. Uh, so uh, that's pretty cool, Dave. Uh, I wonder, Looper, if you're uh, 
as much a fan of uh, of horror films uh, as the the rest of the Montoya family is. I'm sure the girls are um, are getting into it as well, which is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm curious as to um, to what else people might do. Uh, do you decorate the front yard? Do you decorate your whole house? Do you invite the family over? Is there like a a big tradition of um, of having everyone along? Uh, there's no real carols for Halloween, though. Is there? There's no real spooky songs or that sort of thing. You uh, you can probably grab snippets or grab grab songs from. Um, Movies like Beetlejuice, I guess they're they're not horror movies per se. They're more uh, dark comedies, but um, yeah, I guess if you wanted to inject some sort of a musical element into your um, your Halloween, if you uh, like uh, Jack Skellington um, from the uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, I guess it's. Um, there's a, a bit of a, uh, a Halloween-Christmas sort of crossover there. Um, even though that's mostly supposed to be focused on Christmas as the season. I guess there's, yeah, there's, there's something that you could possibly take from that. But, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to know. Um, if you want to let us know, by all means, leave, uh, leave a comment at the bottom of... Um, of the Facebook page, uh, and yeah, it, I'd, I'd be keen keen to know um, yeah what everybody else is up to. Um, of course, super duper excited about the uh, the next e magazine from um, doo -doo -doo. yes, following on from uh, from the incredible uh, September edition that uh, that came out. Um, beautiful cover. As always, amazing cover. Um, I will be very, very interested to see the um, the spooky artwork that graces uh, graces the next cover. Uh, and I cannot wait to sink my fangs into a whole bunch of Halloween-related stories, poetry, artwork, uh, as well as the other stuff. The the stuff that's not. Um, not so Halloweeny. So I've uh, I've just got a uh, a black cat. Oh, I know what he's up to. I've got a black cat walking around on the kitchen table because I haven't put the shopping away yet, and uh, he's found the bag with all the um, the cat biscuits and cat food and uh, and that sort of thing. So uh, yes. They're, they're very clever black cats. Uh, and in, I believe it's in Ireland, Irish folklore, that black cats are actually lucky. Um, not so much the, uh, the witch's companion or, um, or that sort of thing. The, uh, the evil sorcerer's familiar. Yeah, uh, yeah they're, uh, pure, pure black cats uh, are actually considered very, very lucky. So, um, yeah, that's a, an interesting fact, I thought. Um, 
Yes. Uh, and I'd be curious to know who likes carving pumpkins, jack-o'-lanterns. Um, that would take a great amount of skill, I believe, to actually get that right. And also, is it a particular pumpkin? Because the pumpkins that we get over here in Australia, um, I don't think are the same that you use for pumpkin pie. And am I right in understanding that you get the flesh, the pulp, out of the pumpkin before you carve it, of course. Uh, but, does that pulp get used for making pumpkin pie? Or is it a completely different type of pumpkin that, uh, that you use for that? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's something that's got me curious. Uh, and, something that I wanted to share with you. One of, one of the ideas that I've got for, uh, for the, um, the publishing team is uh, for us to, to sort of delve into the, the realm of, uh, of audiobooks. Because I know how popular uh, digital books, e-books, uh, but also audiobooks, like books that you can download. Uh, but also just the audiobooks in general, like the books on, on CD or uh, on MP3. But I know that there's like a whole, whole range of different costs involved there. Uh, but the um, the this podcast is actually uh, a great little platform, I think, for me to uh, to try out sharing a story. And so, uh, so one of the things that I wanted to do, uh, I've been inspired by you, Jim Jim Bates, um, doing the um, the story times online that you're doing for uh, Alien of Orchard Lake, the, uh, the teasers and the, the chapter by chapter that you're doing. And so what I thought I would share with you is um, a story that I sent that was published on an earlier version, uh, another October version. I think it might have been last year uh, or maybe the year before, uh, but this is a story called Fated Visit by Tim Law. And um, yeah, hopefully you're, uh, you're happy to give it a listen. So let's see how we go. Fated visit. You peek out the window of the fancy car that they sent to pick you up and gaze in awe at the mayor's impressive residence. The garden is beautiful. A rainbow of roses and other sweetly perfumed bloom. Everywhere you look, you see green or colour. A healthy garden. A garden of the rich. You think of your own home, and although it is nice, you know it does not and could not ever compare to this. You think to yourself, what on earth am I doing here? You still wonder as the driver opens the door for you and you step out from the safety of the car's leather interior. You made it! At last! announces the mayor's daughter, Sarah May. She gives you a genuinely warm smile. That little worry you had in the front of your in the, the that little worry you had in the forefront of your mind and the pit of your stomach only a moment ago seems to vanish. You return the smile with one of your own before you willingly follow her up the porch steps. 
was hot. A spring day in Maryland. Sarah May offers you a tall glass of lemonade, which you graciously accept. She is wearing a nice pastel yellow dress, and you cannot help but notice just how pretty she is. Hurry, come in where it's cooler, Sarah May urges you as you sip and sigh. Everyone is waiting for you. You wonder who everyone might be, but follow Sarah May inside. She is 16, like you, and you know her from school. You think you may just like her. And for the moment, at least, it seems like she could be in to you too. Inside the parlour, there looks to be 20 or more members of the Rutherford family. They vary in age from youthful to wrinkled, but most seem far older than you. One of the family members slaps you on the shoulder. He is old enough to be your daddy, although the day is hot. This man wears a double-breasted suit. Dark matched, or dark, matched with a crimson tie. He looks like he could be headed to the office in town or somebody's funeral. You hope it's not a funeral. You hate funerals. Glad you could make it on such a special day, the suited man says with a beaming smile. His facial features look similar to Sarah May's. Possibly an uncle. You nod in reply to his comment, unsure what to say in reply. You wonder for a moment what special day he is referring to. As far as you know, it's just another weekend. You feel like headed. Is it the heat? You hear a squeal and a squawk, and you look through the crowd of gathered roughbirds to see a figure in a wheelchair being pushed towards you. There forms a gap in the crowd, and you discover it is the mayor being pushed by the man who drove you here. Thank you for your invitation, Your Worship, you begin to say, but then the feeling in your head overcomes you. You open your mouth to cry out as the floor rises up to meet you. Make some room! Make some room! calls the mayor. Someone catch the body! Did I do good? You hear Sarah May ask. She seems to be seeking praise from somebody. Yes, darling, you hear her mother say. The last thing you see before your eyes shut and the room goes silent is a woman who is an elder version of Sarah May proudly squeezing your friend's hand. You wake up and feel strange, old somehow, worn. You are reminded of that night you and that boy from down the street found your daddy's rum bottle. You had both been twelve years old then and thought you were invincible. The next morning had been filled with pain, suffering and a surreal sense of displacement. Exactly how it was you felt now. What on earth was in that drink? You murmur. To your shocking surprise, your voice has changed. It crackles and seems to portray decades of a life you have not yet lived. Deepening your confusion, you are no longer in the parlour. Looking around you, it seems like you are now in some sort of church. The stained glass windows depict no scenes of any Bible you have read. At a guess, the six images seem to be of one ghostly figure moving into and out of many others. 
Ah, you're finally awake, you hear yourself say. But your voice, your real voice, is coming from the altar at the church, at the front of the church, around twelve or so feet from where you currently sit. Looking in that direction, you see yourself sitting upon the great stone block. You stretch, and then suddenly you slide off the altar, and the white robes that you wear flow. You stride, and your hands reach out and clasp about your shoulders. I don't, you begin to say, but again your voice is cracked and worn. It's the mayor's voice. I think it worked, states the voice of Sarah May behind you. She is pushing the mayor's chair, and it is you who now sit with wrinkles on the outside and a woolen rug across your lap. I am young again, the mayor announces. Why? you ask. Cancer, states the mayor. It is riddled all through that old body of mine. Doc Parsons gave you a month or two to live, right? asks Sarah May again. She seeks approval. It is strange to see yourself smile. That's right, your voice says. But now i got a whole lot of years ahead, thanks to you. When I'm 18, you'll see me married, Sarah May announces. She leans over and you feel her soft lips press against your worn cheek. A day ago, a day ago, you would have been surprised that this girl chose to kiss you. Now the gesture just makes you feel sick. You'll never get away with this, you growl, furious and frustrated and still confused. Was it voodoo, an arcane spell or some sort of twisted science? Both Rudford's laugh. Your parents already know, states the mayor. They have promised to keep our little secret and I'll cover for you at school, further explains the young girl. You feel the pain of the cancer twist your body. It feels as though you hurt from the core of your soul. The chair squeaks, seemingly sharing in your protest as the twisted, conniving Sarah May takes you from the church. I'm so glad I thought of you, she states, with a sickening smile of joy plastered across her holier-than-thou face. I've had my eye on you for quite some time. Sarah May sings as she wheels you away. I hear wedding bells, wedding bells, wedding bells for two. All you can think of is how that chance for love, happiness and a life has been taken from you, unfairly stolen. You feel your hatred of Sarah May, the mayor and the Rutherford family begin to grow. The greatest feeling of disenchantment is saved for your own family though, those who have sacrificed your youth so that they can find some brief moment of reprieve from poverty. You've been betrayed and left to suffer the cruel fate of another. The rich get river. The rich get richer and live on and on and on. The end. So I guess that's uh, a, uh, a bit of a horror tale um, not the uh, the jump scare and uh, and not the um, the Hollywood version 
I guess, of uh, of what's considered classic Halloween or, or classic horror. Um, but it was a, a bit of fun. It was uh, something that uh, that was sort of inspired by uh, by a movie I watched, where I think Kate Blanchett was in it, uh, and there was voodoo involved, and um, the 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 family had to convince the nanny that voodoo was real so that the voodoo spell they were trying to cast would actually work. Yeah, cannot, cannot for the life of me remember the name of the film. Uh, but, yeah, it, uh, it was one that sort of stuck in my head, stuck in my mind. Um, and, um, yeah, it was just uh, a whole lot of fun to write. Uh, it's... Um, yeah, probably one that I would uh, would looking back now, I would probably edit it a little bit, maybe extend it a little bit more, sort of talk, write more about, um, I guess explain it, explain it a bit better. The um, the who Sarah May was uh, was planning to wed. Um, Sort of, ex, ex, yeah. The go go into deeper detail or uh, or uh, more information um, about that sort of uh, sort of side of uh, of the story. That's that sort of I've left that a little bit untold, uh, and also, yeah, the whole maybe the whole ex experience of uh, of how the the transfer occurred that. Uh, there's a uh, an opportunity for uh, for a bit more horror there uh, to, to sort of delve uh, deeper into the uh, the darker recesses of the uh, of the human condition and uh, and your, your sort of thinking. Uh, yeah, I I, um, I have to say that over the years I uh, I've had more opportunity. To write darker tales and uh, and tales of terror and tales of horror, um, and it's been a, a whole lot of fun to sort of explore that that side and those uh, those concepts, those ideas. Uh, certainly, something that uh, that none of us would uh, would ever want to attempt, or at least I hope not. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's very very interesting. The uh, yeah, what I what I sort of get, I get gleams of ideas from um, from putting the horror movies away at work, uh, or um, sort of catching snippets of um, of adverts for movies that I will never ever go to the cinema to see. Um, but I love the whole aspect of uh, of Halloween, and I love the whole the way that different communities and different societies are embracing it more it's um yeah it's a it's a wonderful wonderful time of year so i can see we've got uh what got plenty of time left uh so what i wanted to do now is i thought i would just jump in and um share with you another one this one here 
is uh, another of my uh, my stories that I submitted to the world of myth. This one here is from the action and suspense, uh, but I like to think that it's got a bit of a uh, a horror theme to it. Uh, and for those of us who are train fans, uh, I have set it on a train. So uh, here we go. This one is called Final Breath. The train passed through the Scottish mire. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack. The steady rhythm was lulling me to slumber. I stared bored out the window at the gloom and murk. My eyes half closed. The reflection of the man that sat opposite me caught my eye as he opened his carpet bag and peered inside for the third time during our journey together. No, he hissed. No, I won't. The bag snapped shut. As the man noticed my reflection staring, his sunken eyes stared frog-like, those eyes bulging, unusual. He continued to hold my reflected gaze until I was forced to look away and stare once more at the dreary landscape. The man whispered under his breath some strange syllable I did not quite catch. Then his arm stretched out to pat my knee, a clammy hand, moist. Do you want to see? He whispered. His smile was more like a smirk, filled with strangely jagged teeth and confidence. I turned to face him, front on, and gave him my sternest frown. No, I replied curtly. Your business is your business. Thank you very much. But you seem curious, sir, he insisted, and I must show someone. The carpet bag, about the size of a briefcase, but a great deal wider, was located on the floor between the stranger's feet. His grunts, as he lifted the bag from the floor to his lap, demonstrated the weighty nature of what was inside. The latch was clicked again, and from within the darkened depths there was retrieved a large glass bowl. I noticed, with a raised eyebrow, and a look of both surprise and concern that the bowl contained a swirling mist. Through the glass I thought I caught a whisper that seemed to beg for release. Beautiful, isn't it? asked the man that sat opposite me. All the while he watched the mist move about. It looked angry. I did not wish to engage, but I could not help myself. What is it? I asked. What is it? Spat back the stranger. What is it? Those amphibian eyes bulged even larger as he seemed to become as agitated as the mist in the bowl. Taking a deep breath. He calmed himself before his gaze ceased to watch the mist and he began to explain. His eyes became condescending as I locked with mine, making certain he had my full attention. What do you see before you, friend? He stated with a sharp-toothed smile. Is the greatest weapon ever to have been invented. Looks like a fog, I blurted, surprised at what I had been told. Not fog, sir. A deadly mist. 
that when released will enter your body and eat you from the inside out. You jest, I retorted. The stranger sighed. <sighs> I only hope that Hitler has more faith than you, he muttered as he made to place the bowl back into the bag. The mist hit the bowl. A forceful strike I'd thought impossible, and yet it happened right before my eyes. The bowl rolled forward and seemed to leap off the man's lap. We both watched as the glass dropped towards the floor and then landed with a thud. Both I and the stranger held our breath. For a second, there was nothing. Then the faintest hairline crack appeared upon the glass. With a wild eagerness, the mist began to strike again and again at this tiny floor. Run! urged the stranger. This time the fog-like eyes showed nothing but complete fear. In a matter of seconds, the mist began to waft free of the glass and weave through the air towards the stranger. He waved at the mist wildly, but it drifted around his frantic efforts and found its way effortless, effortlessly into his clothes. There was a single gasp from the man before I witnessed flecks of crimson blowing from his nose, and that a trickle of red had dribbled down from his lips to his chin. Run! he urged again, a mere whisper, before I witnessed him slumping forward. As I hurried from my seat to the compartment door, I saw the mist exit by the man's ear. It had the face of an angelic child. Stay, it urged. Wrenching open the door to leave, I bumbled into the conductor. Ticket, sir, cried the lanky young lad, all dressed in blue. Forget my ticket! Just run, I urged, but I was already too late. The mist drifted forward and slid into the youth. I hurried on, leaving behind the boy to his fate. As I made my way through the passage, I knocked on every door I passed. Run, I urged, but many ignored me. I shivered as I heard their screams, but what frightened me more was the pattern of sudden silences as those screams of fear and surprise were cut short. I threw open the carriage door and felt the icy wind slap my face. With courage I leapt to the carriage in front and entered. I slammed the door behind and latched it, hoping to bar the mist from following. Unsure, I continued my frantic journey down the passage, ignoring the curious stares of dining passengers. I watched on as the mist edged toward the gap between the trans between the train cars with what looked like a leap it bridged the distance and sought for a crack through which it could follow it was desperate all the while it was searching for an entry point the highland gale tore from it little pieces tattered it finally appeared through a slit near the hinges all that remained of the angelic face were those two innocent eyes I turned to run on, afraid to stay. This time many others followed my lead, but it was too many, and one by one the mist flowed through them. As it ate, it grew in size and strength. Through carriage after carriage I fled, searching for something or someone by which I'd be saved. As I felt the back of the final carriage, 
and stared into the wide eyes of all the passengers aboard. I knew that there would be no stopping this monstrous mist. As the screams faded from my ears and I felt the mist seep effortlessly into my chest, my final thoughts were that of wonder. Would the train arrive at its destination and unleash this killer upon the world? If there were a god, then the train would stop and the mist would disperse upon the highland winds. With my final breath, I began to pray. As the first words trickled out amongst my blood and spittle, I felt my heart stop. The rhythm of the train was my final sensation. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, carrying deathward, carrying death onward forever. So that's uh, another example of, uh, of a possible short story uh, that we could turn into audio. But I can see what um, Dave and Steph are, are thinking. It's, uh, it's certainly not a professional, uh, there's, there's certainly not the, um, there's a, a need for, for editing, uh, getting the narrators to read their own stories. Not, not everybody will want to do that. Um, and uh, and also paying people to narrate the stories professionally will add to uh, potential cost. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's uh, it's something down the track that uh, that we may um, may find on MythMart.com. Um, uh, and yeah, the um, hopefully um, your your plans for uh, for the haunting of your of your neighborhood I guess uh, are all coming to fruition happy Halloween everyone um, and uh, I hope that you are enjoying the uh, the spooky season this time of year all the best ciao for now <laughs>